Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Eamon Ryan is calling for the use of disposable cups and plates to be stopped. This is in public sector canteens and there's also plans as well for parking in public sector workplaces for that too to be phased out. So what do you think of these approaches? And would you like to see them extended beyond public sector workplaces? Uh, Mindy O'Brien is from The Voice of Irish Concern for the Environment. Mindy is with us here on the show today. Mindy, I have to be honest, I'm a little confused about this because I thought we already introduced a ban on single-use plastic cutlery nearly about two years ago. Oh, you're right, Andrea. It's law of the land. It's been in place for two to three, actually three years. Um, in terms of plastic cutlery, straws, balloon sticks, and chopsticks, those have all been banned under the single-use plastic directive. Um, well, I, I know think- I, bought, I bought stuff last year, last yeah. summer. Yes, well, you can have reusable, and this is where we're finding problems. Is that we're now seeing in a lot of small shops, a lot of takeaways, plastic cutlery. And uh, it's not, they're not using up old stock. And what we're seeing, actually, is if you look on the stem of the cutlery, you'll see reusable. So they're getting around, businesses getting around the spirit of the legislation by marking things reusable. So it's, it's sing- sorry, Mindy, so, so, so the single-use plastic forks and knives and spoons and stuff that you might get for a barbecue, that's gone. But you can get it in the form of it being reusable cutlery. Exactly. exactly. And is it actually reusable? No, well... Theoretically, like my uh, plastic water bottle is theoretically reusable as well, and some people do use it, but it's not universally reusable. Uh, A reuse system is actually someone takes it, they wash it, they put it out, and they reuse it. Uh, Mm. They're just getting around the legislation by marketing it uh, reusable. And actually, I went to one of the um, catering supply shops, and I went into aisle 24, and I saw uh, in the sign above the aisle, it said disposable cutlery and plates. And where did I put? And I found all those quote-unquote reusable plastic cutlery there. So I think they're trying to get around this, and I think it's really bad faith. The plan then today um, to to stop all of this being used in public sector canteens, I assume that's something you welcome, Mindy. We do indeed. And I think in the past you were mentioning that these things were banned. That only referred to plastics. Um, and what we have seen is a whole scale shift towards compostable, single-use compostable, single-use, just same thing as single-use. And so what they're doing in the public sector – and. You know, the thing is, is the public sector represents a huge percentage of our GDP. It's about 13%. It's like 20 billion dollars a year. Sorry, I'm thinking about America right now. 20 billion euros worth of spending power. So if they can change, they can move the market. And so what they're saying is get rid of all single-use items, whether it's compostable, whether it's anything, and move towards reusable items, so reusable cutlery, delft cups. Um, rather than disposable, and they will really have an impact that would hopefully develop the reuse market in the private sector as well. It might sound a little simplistic, Mindy, but just from an environmental perspective, if we, if, if every office, not just the, the the public sector workplaces, we say every, even our own here, if every um, private employer moved to reusable, you know, cups, cutlery, etc., etc., for the canteen, is the dish like the fact that this the dishwasher is even going to be on? more frequently. I mean, is that less of an impact to the environment? Oh, it is. It is because, I mean, we're washing things. We just need to treat the office like we do at home. You know, we don't use disposable items in our households, do we? we you know, and if we are in businesses, you know, 
have a reusable cup, have a reusable um, plate. Um, if you think about disposable, we have to think of all the resources that are embedded. Are we going to plant trees to just cut them down for our packaging? Are we going to use arable land to grow sugarcane to, to make the, the you know, compostable products? Um, what we need to do is if you wash it on site, you know, washing machines are very efficient. They don't use that much water. So it's much more, more beneficial environmentally. Um, to wash things over and over and use things 50, 200 times uh, rather than use single use. 1800 453 106 is the number if you want to get in touch with us today about this. Look, I know that Eamon Ryan, uh, the Climate Minister, is looking at introducing this, um, I mentioned in the public sector workplaces in the first instance. But should, I mean, like, should it not just be rolled out everywhere then, Mindy? I would love to see that. I would love to see that. And I know they're they're looking to put a, a levy on disposable cups, which will hopefully affect behavior change like it did with the plastic bag levy. This is the latter levy? Yeah. That's still not in place though, is it? Oh, I know. We're waiting. We're waiting, waiting, waiting. And I keep getting reassurance that it actually is going to happen. Um, but we need to make sure that we inform people how it works. We have to work with the cafes and work with the retailers to make sure they know how to, how to, how to administer it. So we do need some lead-in time to make sure they're not facing all these regulations without the proper information. Um, but, you know, they've talked about levies on uh, disposable packaging as well. I think we are generating over a million tons of packaging each year, and it's, it's just clogging up the system. We need to look at how can I buy that product? How can I buy that cup of coffee or that, you know, tuna sandwich or, you know, the salads without the packaging? Can I rent it? Can I borrow okay. it? Can I bring my own? So we just need to move away from all the disposable packaging. Colette is with us as well, Mindy, on the line. Colette, would you like to see this rolled out even further? Oh, absolutely. Hi, Mindy, and hi. Um, How are you? Andrea, I'm, uh, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm just listening to you there now. Um, uh, very good points already, but I feel myself... In Ireland, how many times I've been listening to you there thinking, how many times have I heard this? Mm. How many times over the years have I heard this? What has happened? Nothing. Now, I do know that there is progress. I see the wooden knives in the shops and that, but when I go around the ditches and I'm pulling the them wooden knives out of the ditches thinking, is that good nutrition for the little animals that are walking around in there? I said no. So there's so much of that disposable uh, cutlery, cups, plates, bags, paper shoved into our ditches around the country, choking up our wildlife, choking up everything without any reason. Now, I do know there's a huge problem with the bins, you know, but we won't go there today. But there are no bins in Ireland. Bins are gone. So where do people put them? They throw them in the in the ditches on the way home. Instead of bringing them home and putting them into their recycling or whatever, they're throwing them out and that's happening for years and years and years in areas that I walk around, drive around, cycle around it's the same Mm. problem all the time so nobody's learning anything. Just on the point of the driving, Colette, when you mention it, like there's also plans for parking in public sector workplaces to be phased out are you in favour of that? Mm, Oh yeah I'd love it if Eamon Ryan could come down to see where I work in a public service area and figure out how to get from my house to that car park. So you're in a rural area, are you, Colette, and no public transport? Yes, I am. There's nothing. There's one bus a day 
to the There's not a chance he'd get into work in time at home. I wouldn't. I, I'd have to walk, literally. Walk what county, Colette, are you in? Clare. You're in Clare. So, so for you, the, this whole the idea of public sector workers no, using public transport, yeah, total pipe dream stuff. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, not feasible at all. Never will be feasible. Now, it like it took I don't know how many years to get a bus to take children into Limerick into school to the school of their choice. I like I missed it for my son, so it was about three or four more years. That's how long it took to get a bus going from the village that I work in. Uh, into Limerick to bring the children to school. So, like, how long is it going to take to roll out a proper public transport mm. system in like, this country? That it will is... never happen, not in my lifetime. And I'm the other side of 50. It won't happen in my lifetime. He's not committed enough. That minister isn't strong enough. He's not committed enough. Do you think? He doesn't live in where I live. He doesn't see the problem. You see... Mindy, that that is a point though around, you know, when when we talk today and we hear the plans and we've spoken about these particular proposals on the show only in recent weeks and there was another report out talking about, you know, parking for public sector workplaces, that that too should be phased out. I mean, like when, when we can't get everybody working in the public sector in the capital city to work on public transport. Sure, it's it's a sort it's kind of a ludicrous idea talking about this for Colette and Clare and, and other parts of the country. It is very difficult, and um, I think the minister has his hands full. I think the de- Department of Transportation, um, you know, I know they're trying to do this bus connects. I don't know how well that's going to work. Um, and, and rural um, public transportation is a huge issue, and we need to beef that up so that people do have the opportunity to take public transportation, but it's woefully um, under underfinanced right now and underserved. Um, Vernine is with us on the line as well. Vernine, the the moves today around banning um, disposable cups and plates, parking in public spec- uh, sector workplaces, do you think it's a necessary move? I think we, yes, they, they, they need to do that. I think a lot of uh, premises could do that, particularly work canteens, um, maybe hospital canteens, uh, even supermarkets. I, I think people could start bringing their own uh, cups uh, with them. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to change the way we do things between disposable cups, cans, which is also single use, uh, plastic bottles, an awful lot. I'd say that's probably the vast majority of the litter that we uh, pick up. And that's every day of the week. That that's, There's just there's no let up. Um, it's, it's constant. And people even cycling on a bike now, having a can of whatever, and they just throw the can on the ground. That's, that's just an everyday occurrence. And, and people getting a driveway um, takeaway and they just throw it out the window when they're finished with the car into the town of Nice. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's awful. It's not good enough and uh, we're just going to have to change our ways. And maybe enforcement is the best way of doing it. I'm not sure. How do you enforce uh, litter fines when somebody is driving by and throwing it out the window? I don't know. But something the councils, I think, are going to have to be more proactive um, because this is it's a big problem. And it's, a, it's about changing an attitude, which is not easy to do. Any change is difficult, but changing an attitude is very hard to do. But it's going to have to be done because it's, it's unacceptable to just throw things out of the side of the road. Ken is, Ken is with us on the line as well. Ken, would you like to see this policy rolled out even beyond public sector workplaces? Absolutely. Well, particularly the one about the, the disposable crockery. Anyway, um, it's it's kind of a no-brainer, really, as most of the, the speakers that have spoken before me have said. 
um, like it doesn't matter. Like a previous speaker was dead right. Plus, they're trying to get around it by saying they're now compostable or they're now made from so from some other materials, so they're no longer plastic or this kind of thing. But the long, the short of it is, most of the the single use, there's no there's no need for it. Like if you're working in the workplace or an office environment, there. Most shops now sell these little kits where you have your little knife, your fork and your spoon that you they come in a little box and you can bring it in with you. Um, they, back when people started working in offices years ago, everybody had brought in their own mug and that was your mug or there was a few mugs there. Um, and that was before there was any dishwashers in a lot of places. Like between the dishwasher, like crockery is still much more friendly to the environment than any disposable stuff. And like anybody that's involved, I've been involved in tidy towns myself in the past and things. And it's still, and I know from colleagues that are still involved, um, like the disposable cups are as big a problem as ever, dumped here, there and everywhere, along with other rubbish. But it's, 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 it's very unnecessary. Like there are so many good key cups out there and things. There is no excuse for not having a keep cup these days. Um, there was a time when they were they were scarce and this kind of thing, but unlike issues with car parking and other stuff where, where there's a difference between urban Ireland or rural Ireland, there is nowhere in Ireland where where there is a really, with possible exception of some health environments where you need to use disposable material. We did we 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 were making good progress on that whole area till COVID. Once went backwards during COVID, but we need to get back mm-hmm. to making progress again. And if if the public sector is one good place to start, yeah. that's what it should be. As a well, we can't point. ask the re- you can't ask the public to do it, I suppose, and and, and not have it enforced in in the oh, public yeah. sector in so the first instance. So. The classic do as we say, and not as we do. Yeah. Um, like, well, just on that, there's a text in from a listener who says, I work in the civil service and we had the policy in place for four years now of only using reusable cups and cutlery throughout the building. There's about 90 people in the office. We order compostable cups for use in the conference room only. Each staff member also brings their own mugs, drink bottles. Works fine. It's cut down on waste and, hugely. And to be honest, I've, I've worked in the public service myself and, that poli- and we've had similar policies. Mm. People have had their own brought, and as I said, some people even down to the down as far as cutlery, people bring in their own cutlery. Um and like it is, there is very few offices nowadays that don't have dishwashers. Um and I know you'll have somebody coming on saying, Look, you're using water which is also unkind to the environment. There's no comparison between the damage done by by single use items compared to you know, using the likes of a dishwasher or or the or washing things in the sink, which is the dishwasher in my house. Um, Mindy, just on the point, like the la- like I don't know how many times we've talked about the introduction of the latte levy. I'd say most people today from the text thought the latte levy was nearly already in place, but that's due to come in, Mindy, at some stage this year, isn't it? I certainly hope so. I really think it's necessary to start behavior change. We need to invest in more reuse systems. And I know one of your callers was speaking about bottles and cans, and that should be addressed with the new deposit return scheme, which is coming in place in February of next year, where everyone will have a deposit paid on a bottle and can, and that they can return it back to any shop and get their deposit back. So that will eliminate uh, the littering of of bottles and cans. Mm. So that's one step forward, which is great. Um, this texter says, my local coffee shop w- will actually refuses to fill my keep cup if it's in any way dirty um, from a previous coffee. So this texter, another listener, I think it's ridiculous. We're a drop in the ocean compared to climate action by other countries. Why are we so worried about single-use cups when there's massive factories in other countries? Another texter, Mindy, I don't know if you're still there, but another okay. listener, yeah, wondering... Um, the message for Mindy, um, is this just complete greenwashing that we're talking about? 
Oh, by compostable, the compostable packaging. Oh, compostable packaging, yes. Um, I think um, if you don't have the right infrastructure in place to collect the compostable packaging, it just goes into incineration. It really doesn't do anything, and it doesn't compost on the ground. It has to be collected and sent to a specific facility. So, uh, you know, what's a better option, compostable or reusable? Reusable beats hands down every time. A listener says, I hate the taste of tea from a paper cup. The sooner, the better that they're gone. Another listener, every ice cream shop gives out plastic spoons with ice cream. When I asked about it, I was told the wholesaler st- still sells it. This listener, plastic cutlery will uh, still be shoved into the local fish and chipper bags without ever asking. Dreadful. Um, this listener here in WhatsApp says, we need to get out of the and discard culture. It's unsustainable, poisonous, contributes to climate change because plastic, fossil fuel products, then you've microplastics ending up in the water and the food. How did grandparents in previous generations ever manage without all of this single-use plastic? Keep them coming into us. 87 106 is the WhatsApp number. We will stay with this. Lots of you getting in touch. I want to hear from people working in the public sector today and particularly around these um, the plans to end parking. For public sector workspaces, that too going to be phased out, all part of this new initiative. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan, weekdays at midday on News Talk. We're talking about plans to phase out single-use uh, plastic plates, cutlery here in Ireland, along with plans for parking in public sector workplaces. For that too to be banned in the future. A lot of reaction to this today. Fiona's with us on the line. Fiona, should we go a step further though than the uh, public sector workplaces? Well, I, I, I think we should, absolutely. But the problem, Andrea, is that we don't, as your last caller said, we don't have the infrastructure. And the idea about I had to research biodegradable packaging for a packaging company. And the idea being is that what bin does it go into? And, and how does it how does it get um, recycled or how does it biodegrade? And if you put it into the brown bin with your food, it is a completely different process to compost down food than it is to compost down biodegradable um, cartons. And also, if you put any of this into the green bin with food in it or coffee in the end of it, it also uh, corrupts the recycling process of uh, that bin as well. So do you think we're just not managing it right then? There is no education on recycling in this country. It is not done properly. We okay. we do not have the infrastructure to do it. And I would love to hear Panda come on. I would love to hear Repack come on. I would love to hear from all of these companies who are doing this and ask them their process of how they are disposing of it and how they um, want to design um, the area. So you get your, your chips in the um, carton, the biodegradable carton going mm-hmm. home, but it's contaminated. So if you take it home and you put it in the brown bin, it doesn't decompost with the brown. If you take it home and you put it in the green bin, it contaminates everything else that's in the green bin. You know, it's funny you mention that because there's a couple of different texts have come in from people and there was one in particular from, from Roger who says, we have seven different bins in our garage to separate the plastics, um, tin, aluminium cans, colour glass, etc. And when my dad and I go to the recycling centre, the guy says, throw the plastics, the tin, aluminium, cardboard and paper all into the one skip. It's a joke. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that's why that's why I question uh, that's why I question um, the the recycling companies or the bin companies, and 
I think their process needs to be looked into a little bit more as into what they're doing. For example, I lived abroad and I worked in a glass um, recycling area and your glassware that you get in for cooking materials, like as in your sauces, is completely different than your wine bottle glass, the grade of glass, which is completely different than your whiskey glass. And when I was doing all that, I created Mm. a database of glasses so that all of those glasses were all kept separately. It wasn't about brown. It wasn't about white. It wasn't about green. It was about the particular grade of glass and what could be done with those particular grades of glasses. And no contamination went in with them. Every label was taken off. Every single little bit of copper or whatever that Mm. decoration is you get on the wine bottle Every single little bit was taken off. So I question, I have, I, I don't work in a recycling company here, but I question actually what are they doing? Are they recycling properly? What's happening? A listener here has got in touch to say, myself and my sister run a little deli in Sutton and we spend quite a bit extra on compostable cups, lids, cutlery, napkins, etc. But I'm not sure customers actually notice or even care. It would be a lot easier if it wasn't so expensive to go green. I also heard one of your listeners text in about their keep cup been refused by their local cafe. During lockdown, we did find this a bit off-putting, to be honest, but that was uh, that was just um, that was just us being germ-phobic. Maybe that customer could rinse out their cup. Yeah, seems like a seems like a fairly reasonable request. This listener says our local pub serves each drink that's ordered a gin and tonic, for instance, with a black plastic straw and a plastic stirrer. You have to ask each time you order your round not to get these items. Uh, Megan's with us on the line uh, as well. If you want to stay with us, um, Megan, the public sector seems like the obvious choice. Like, Do you think we should go further, though? Yeah, I mean, I think the public sector is the obvious choice to implement, as your other um, listeners have said, that it's actually already happening in a lot of offices, even big offices of 90 people. And um, just like with the plastic bags, we all now have multi-use bags in our boots and in our front hall cupboards. Um, And we actually came around to that, I think, really quickly. And I don't think any of us mind it anymore. And I, I would imagine most of us go on holiday to other countries where we're given a big, sturdy plastic bag for a bag of crisps that we buy in the shop. And I would imagine that most of us would find that quite offensive almost. Also, I mean, the cigarette ban um, came in and we were delighted. I would imagine most of us were delighted to be the first country in the world to do that and and actually led the way. So this idea in the public sector is brilliant and um, Mm -hmm. it just shows to larger corporations that it could be done easily um, efficiently and that it does it does make a difference. But I do understand a lot of your texters like so sick of hearing all this environmental stuff. Um, I personally find it overwhelming this the state that the world is in, and I've decided that I just cannot focus on the negative. It's such a big issue, and I personally myself, Megan, am not the one who's creating it. You know, I drive a car and I take the occasional flight, but I am not one of those huge corporations that's polluting the world um, to the extent that is, you know, dangerous and poisonous. But I I just really feel that I, you know, in response to your texter saying, oh, give me a break, you know, I personally really feel that when I do the little things that are within my control, possibly taking one less flight a year or 
walking, you know, if I don't have to drive or cycling if I don't have to drive and using reusable cups. Um, and if I, if I forgot to bring mine, I actually just don't get the coffee or tea. Okay. And I save like four quid. So it's like a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, um, the, can I put this message to you that's come in, Megan? And I'll ask Fiona the same as well. It's, it's just it's an interesting suggestion. I can't imagine there'll be much support for it. But this listener says there needs to be a law where chip shops, takeaways are compelled to write the customer's name on the bag of takeaway. Also the same for paper coffee shops, um, for coffee cups, it should, I presume they mean in shops as well. It means the person who litters is traceable. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a great idea, um, except I think the people that litter are beyond shame anyway. So I don't think it's going to make a blind bit of difference. And furthermore, how do we police it? Um, yeah. I, it's very creative. And I, I applaud your listener. I just don't think the people who litter care. They do it absolutely shamelessly. Mm-hmm. We, but sure, you can so people. just very easily, sure, Fiona, I could write your name on the, and, yeah, on the chipper box and, and throw it. Andrea, I think I think there was like a great a great campaign here at one stage where it was like when people were trying to like ask adults to turn off electricity, and I think it was called uh, just one stop or just something, and it it showed the kids how to just turn off electricity, turn off you know what at the power and everything, or power of one or something. It was power of one, I think it was, and you know, and that that was it was nearly the kids teaching the parents. And I really do believe that we have to take environmental policy education into schools. And we do not have enough schools that are have recycling, compostable, that are showing how to use compost in, in school gardens. We do not have enough of that. I would have and thought, Fiona, that was a part of... No, no, I, I can tell you, no, I... I guarantee you, Andrea, you can ask so many schools, do they have proper recycling processing facilities like how to empty your can out if, if you if you have a can, if like a can of Coke or something. But um that's that's another debate whether kids should have no, a no, can no, of Coke. But um but it there 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 is no recycling environmental education in schools okay. and it needs to start at a very young age in schools so that they're used to it and that literally they can bring it home and they're nearly teaching the parents. Um, 1800 453 is the number if you want to join us uh, about this today. Miriam is with us on the line. Miriam, do you agree with this uh, this plan from the Environment Minister? Hi, Andrea. Oh, gosh, yes. I, I'm just delighted you're having this conversation because it's so needed and I, I really agree with your last caller there talking about um, children and getting young people involved in this because a, a lot of people, uh, they just don't know, they don't bother, they don't care, whatever the reason is. And, and some people are great, of course, but we really, really need to make some big changes. And, and if everybody does a little bit, it'll have a huge effect. Mm. Look, look, obviously, well, I think a lot of people agree that probably starting in the public sector is the right place to start. Yeah. But I mean, should we not just say, look, roll this out everywhere? Absolutely. But, you know, we can do that. There's nothing to stop you or me. Well, I do it anyway, but there's nothing to stop anybody saying, hey, that's a great idea what they're doing in government. Let's all do it here, too. You know, that we don't need a government or anybody else to actually tell us what to do. You know, we can actually go and do it anyway. 
Uh, still to come on the show, Miriam, thank you for, for getting you. in touch with us Yeah, about this today. Lunchtime Live at Newstalk.com is the email address. A lot of people very exercised and I have to say, vast majority of the texters today um, in agreement with Eamon Ryan's plans and think it should start as soon as possible. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.